going and putting yourself out there in front of college coaches that you one day hope to play for may not be the best idea if you're not prepared for it. For the majority of guys, now is that time to decompress from the fall and kind of get your body and mind. That was GBG Northeast Hawks director Joe Breen. He's up next on the Base Path Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Base Path Podcast brought to you by New England Baseball Journal. I'm Dan Guttenplan sitting across from co-host Matt Feld. As we move into the winter months, we continue to take a look at the rise of travel ball in New England as many organizations move indoors for a strength and conditioning phase this winter. Today, we're joined by GBG Hawks Director of Baseball Operations, Joe Breen. He'll help us better understand the pluses of playing travel baseball. Joe, thanks so much for joining us in studio. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, like I just said, we're kind of heading into a winter phase, and a lot of programs are kind of focusing on taking a break from pitching and kind of building up strength and conditioning. What's kind of the focus for GBG over the next three months before guys start getting back outside? Yeah, I mean, we we just ended fall ball last week, so some of the guys either didn't play at all and focused on a fall sport, or they were kind of moderately active, practicing once, twice a week, playing a, a game, maybe two on the weekend, or they were really involved in playing multiple games on the weekends and, and practicing multiple times. So we kind of use this next few weeks to kind of decompress a little bit. Some guys will stay a little bit active up until Thanksgiving, but right after Thanksgiving is when our program's off-season program start. So we do once a week, the guys are in for skills training. So our players are doing either pitching program, hitting program, catching program once a week. Some guys will do multiple programs, obviously guys that are high school pitchers and hitters. They might do more than one program. The catchers might do a hitting program as well. So they're in with us 90-minute sessions a week with our coaches. And then on the weekends, it's it's more team-focused. So kind of learning more about the game and the intricacies of the game and situations and, and, and those types of things. So the weekdays, like I said, more more towards skill development and the weekends more towards team development. And that's kind of how we do it. December, January, February, and March until the high school season starts or until our youth team season starts. We're in the middle of an NCAA recruiting quiet period where the only way really for kids to get recruited or, or I should say analyzed for their performances by actually going to a college's camp at this point. And I'm curious how much are you guys encouraging that at this point? I feel like it's probably a pretty big controversial or discussion point whether to send players right now or not in November. But from your guys' standpoint, how much are you guys encouraging that this time of year? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think it, it truly depends on the player, depends what class they're in, but also depends on how prepared they are. I mean, if they haven't been doing anything baseball related all fall, going and putting yourself out there in front of college coaches that you one day hope to play for may not be the best idea if you're not prepared for it. So I think there's certain guys that are, one, prepared for it, and two, are in the right position from a class standpoint, juniors, seniors, uncommitted seniors, kind of coming down the home stretch here, looking to get in front of a few guys before the winter comes. It can be a great option for those guys. For, for the majority of guys, now is that time to, like I said, decompress from the fall and kind of get your body and mind right for the next four months of training and then obviously the next four to five months after that of, of competing. So I think for the right player, it can certainly be a great option. It's funny, we did, you helped us out with our fall edition, a couple of stories about travel baseball, that was the big theme of that edition, and I guess we were expecting a reaction, but there's a pretty, it seems like travel baseball in general is such a hot button issue, and everybody has huge reactions, like, oh, it's too, they're they're making so much money off of these kids, or kids are getting hurt because they're trying to ramp up this velocity, and I think it's difficult to put it all under one umbrella and just say, this is all travel baseball. They're going down to Florida. They're going down to Georgia. 12-year-olds are doing this. Where The reality is I think a lot of these programs 
are more focused on development in those younger years. And then when it's time to showcase sophomore, junior, senior year of high school, you'll get these guys out. Were you are you surprised that there's such a big reaction when people hear travel baseball and they it's all of a sudden you get all kinds of opinions on it? Yeah, I, I definitely am. I mean, I get it. I understand where people are coming from. I think to your point, it, it all gets kind of looped in under one umbrella and nobody really looks enough at the individual programs or what each program is doing. It doesn't seem to have a ton of impact in other sports, right? There's there's club sports in pretty much every sport at this point. Baseball gets a, a tough rap just because I think there's injury associated with it and probably more so than other sports from overuse and things like that but I think over the last five six seven years there's been a lot of things put in place to pitch counts more knowledge for coaches to understand how to prevent injury players are doing more for their bodies not just for skills and competing I also think there's a huge difference between what we are doing here in New England versus what teams are doing down south or out west when the weather is warmer and they can compete pretty much 12 months a year and many of them are we can't i mean it's it's impossible for us to be out there on the fields in december january march and in all those winter months that we have to focus on development it's it's what the option is for us at this point so i think the you know the travel ball and people, I think, just kind of throw it around and loop it in with what's going on in other parts of the country. And that's not necessarily the case here in New England. Mm-hmm. One of the, I guess, maybe ugly sides of travel baseball, right, are the programs that end up competing against each other for, for players, not just in the way that they're promoting the program, right? This is what we do. These are our coaches. This mm-hmm. is our reputation. But actually, like, I'm talking about like reaching out to players and trying yeah. to, to fight over them. And I feel like maybe in the past when Legion ball was more prevalent or town baseball, right? You lived in your Legion. You lived in your zone. That was the program you were going to play for. It's not like you really had a choice in, in most respects. Right. How do you guys kind of... Uh, navigate that aspect of it all where it feels like maybe every star player is quote-unquote up for grabs sometimes I feel like that we've got like 14 year olds being treated like major league free agents in some respects and and do you guys just kind of let your program speak for itself in that respect yeah I mean I think that the word we like to use is it's we don't recruit players we attract players and I think we try to put out a product and an environment and a culture and through marketing and in our social media platforms and just what you see on the field is we try to put out a product that is going to attract the players that we want in our program and the families we want in our program and that's the kid who loves baseball he wants to be better at baseball and wants more of a challenge. And I think when you have those three things, I think our program and what we do and what we provide speaks for itself at that point. Like I said, our goal is to attract the right players and families, not to recruit them. You mentioned the injury risk, and I hadn't really thought of that as much as the the cost, because I think parents are like, hey, $5,000, $6,000 a year, we want the return on that investment. But you're right with the injuries. But I think it's such a fine line. and It's not like swimming or track where that's basically natural movements for the body. You're, you've got 16, 17-year-old kids who are trying to throw 90 miles an hour. And just that, even at the professional level with as much preventative care as they're doing, it just is going to happen. You're going to have guys get hurt no matter what you do to try to prevent it sometimes. Is there, do you have to set the expectations for parents that, you know, this is the way baseball is you, you're reading instructions. Sometimes people are posting Twitter videos and they're saying the last moment deliver with violence or something Mm -hmm. like that. And you're like, this is, this is a, a dangerous sport sometimes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's trainers and programs out there that they make a living on getting players to those numbers and I think that's a a lot different than what we're doing I mean our our goal is to provide these kids a baseball experience right and and these kids they 
they meet kids from other towns, they develop relationships, the parents develop relationships with each other, and then they develop relationships with the coaches and they grow up in our program and in programs like ours. And it's an experience. And we talk about travel and, and going to Florida and Georgia. And I know our programs, we don't look at that as like, okay, we're going to go to Florida for a week so that you guys can all be recruited by schools in, in, in the South. It's the time with your teammates and the families in the hotel and going in the pool. And, and yeah, you're, you're in a van traveling together and someone's coming up with the playlist. I mean, it's an overall experience for these kids, not just on our end, trying to reach a specific goal that is why you are paying money for travel ball. It's, it's the overall experience that you're going to gain. Mm-hmm. So at this point now, how many teams and players do you guys have and how has it grown since when you started? Yeah, so our program started in 2010 and we had three teams. We are, I believe this year we're up to I think 29 teams. We run a nine and under development program. So those aren't really teams. They don't travel. They don't play in a league or anything like that. There's 36 kids in that program and we train them all in-house over the winter and then they compete against each other on the weekends and then we have teams from 10 to 18. It's grown every year. We haven't had any years where we've gone backwards in number of teams. I think the overall count of players is is about 375 players in our program from 9 to 18, not including the kids who train with us over the course of the winter or during the fall that are not rostered on one of our teams. But yeah, it's grown every year and and I think with the growth and the increase in players and teams we've had, we've also increased in other areas with our staff and accommodating that growth. And we're not just a couple of guys that are stretched really thin. I mean, we continue to add quality baseball coaches and quality people to the program so that we can still continue to deliver that baseball experience no matter how many teams we'd have. It seems like geographically that's kind of a a really hotbed area of quality baseball players. I remember covering Zavarian's state championship win a couple of years ago. A lot of those guys were GBG, mm-hmm. Ryan Garrity, I think this year with mm-hmm. Franklin. And then up next year, Jack Cropper is a possible high draft pick. Sure. So I know that you opened a new pitching facility yeah. in Mansfield about a year mm-hmm. or two ago. How has that impacted the geographic reach and just the program in general? Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, it, it wasn't really meant to bring in all these new guys or anything like that. That was never really the point. I think it was really more so to our pitching program kind of got to a point where it was very restricted in the walls we had in addition to all the other things we had going on at the same time. And so the pitching facility, it's only a half a mile down the street from our from our main facility in Foxborough. And it was more so to expand on what we were already doing. And we've definitely got some players outside the area to come down and, and have a facility like that at, at their disposal. But honestly, it was more so to provide our current players and, and current families a significantly better option than we were already providing on a pitching end. We got a, quite a few guys that have pitching backgrounds on our staff. A couple of them are full-time, including myself. And so that's been our new pitching home since last September. It, last winter was our first winter that we had, we had a blast. It was four months of guys building up and getting ready for the majority of them high school seasons or, or 13 or 14-year-old middle school season plus our teams. And, and I thought it was a blast. It was, it was a lot of fun to get these kids in there more than just the one day a week with them. And I think that was a huge part of it for us was we were seeing them one day a week in the 90-minute weekly program, and then we were providing them kind of here's what to do on your off days when you're not with us. And the new facility provided the opportunity for them to actually be with us on their off days. So they were coming into the facility four or five times a week outside of their scheduled time, and and that building alone kind of provided that opportunity, which was awesome. 
What percentage of a clientele, if anything, are people that are in your facility but not part of the program? Do you guys have any or a fair amount even of people that come in just for training, just for individual lessons that don't necessarily play for GBG? Yeah, I mean, I think that probably for us is a a major separator for us versus many other programs is that's how we started. I mean, RBI Baseball Academy was a training-only facility. We had no teams that is what we started as. That was the foundation. It's still the foundation. So there's many players out there that don't even know we have teams and are they just know RBI is RBI, and that's where they go play fall ball and, and train, and then they do a winter program, they do a summer camp, they do lessons, things like that. So that's kind of how we started. That's always been the core and foundation of our of our program. So we do have a, a large percentage of kids who do train with us that, that do not play for our teams. I wanted to ask about the impact of three-step. Obviously, New England Baseball Complex in Northborough, they run a lot of the tournaments out of there. Also, I remember you saying you were going to be more involved in those tournaments now that three-step kind of took over when we talked a year or two ago. What what has been that impact on your program? Has it made it easier to kind of, um, I guess, compete with other programs around New England? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... The, the easy part of it is scheduling. I mean, I, I've known Mike and Dave Costantino since I was 18 years old. We used to play against each other in, in the North Shore Baseball League. So I've known those guys for a really long time. I have a great relationship with them. I trust them. I know they do things for the right reasons. So when we talk about the three-step coming in and, and kind of taking over the NEBC to run tournaments, knowing it was those was comforting for me personally, which as the guy who kind of does all the scheduling for our teams, there was just that sense of confidence knowing what was going to go on there. And we didn't have bad experiences at the complex before, but I just knew these guys were going to kind of take it to another level and do things the right way and do things the way that programs like ours would would like to see them done. And I mean, in, in year one, there was there was certainly a noticeable difference and for the better and for the positive. And I think they're creating a great environment for kids to go out there compete and enjoy themselves on the field why don't we take a break here more with gbg hawks director joe breen up next are you serious about playing your sport in college do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level you should check out the university of nebraska high school UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students can earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England baseball? New England Baseball Journal and BaseballJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England baseball scene. Have every issue of New England Baseball Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to BaseballJournal.com to receive baseball coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to baseballjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Baseball Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful.
just got back from visiting a friend of mine down in Fayetteville, Arkansas, who actually helps run a travel baseball program down there called Five Star Academy. And travel ball down there is huge, but it's definitely totally different. Right. Up here, we have a New Balance Select League that I know you guys participate in with 100-plus teams. You guys play a league schedule on class and on top of the tournaments for your 9-14 to teams, and then we'll play tournaments around that league schedule. Down there, it's just like pick-up games yeah. and tournaments. That's it, mm-hmm. which they I know they, they enjoy that. I'm wondering from your perspective where there's a lot of pressure and emphasis even at that younger age is around tournaments, even if you're trying not to create that emphasis. Do you think there would be any pluses if there was more just pick-up games and playing ball um, with some of those with some of those younger ages to take that maybe that just sense or atmosphere of pressure off? Yeah, I mean, of course. I think on the surface, yes. I mean, we, we want kids to play and enjoy themselves and less pressure. I think the thing that, that Dan, you mentioned before, the, the aura of travel ball is – it came about for, and I think a lot of kids and parents through their youth programs were were just kind of getting to a point where they felt like it just wasn't enough. And obviously all the coaches are volunteers, many of them extremely well-intentioned, and it just kind of, a lot of youth baseball programs got to a point where kids and families felt like they just wanted more. They didn't They didn't want to not do it, they just wanted more, and that kind of is what developed into what people now refer to as travel ball and I I kind of consider it more like club baseball but yeah I mean of course the, it'd be nice to have a lot looser atmosphere for the younger players and and not worried about the final score as often and your stats and things like that but I have to say I I feel in talking with the families and talking with the players consistently even the younger kids they really enjoy it they enjoy that competitive atmosphere and yes it's going to come with failure and and maybe some embarrassment at some levels when you're that young and don't know how to handle it but at the end of the day we're teaching kids these life lessons that yeah some of them maybe it's an eight-year-old dealing with failure as often as he might in this atmosphere sure but as they get older if they grow up in that atmosphere of there's something on the line there's something to compete for there's something to work towards maybe in the process we're developing kids who work harder and who strive for greater and who then understand what it takes to achieve those goals i don't think that's such a bad thing either I think those are good points. I think number one, the point that you made that what it made me think of with like, say you're a basketball, you're a D one basketball prospect. Your season is going to go beyond Thanksgiving to the end of February, which would be the high school season. Like you're going to play AAU, you're going to play in the summer. And so I don't, it's not unusual for baseball to have programs that offer year round. And also the criticism that like, Hey, because of these travel programs, you're not growing up playing with your friends in your neighborhood anymore or you're not playing with the people that you're going to go to high school with. It's in addition, like travel ball is in addition to playing little league, or it's in addition to playing high school baseball. Like you don't see guys who are, who are, you'll see guys prioritize it sometimes, but you're not going to see guys say, Hey, I'm not playing little league this year. I'm not playing high school baseball because I'm going to play travel ball. Do you? No. And I think it's all in the expectations that the program set too, is, is there's programs all over the country that like you don't have the option to go do anything else. And I know I can obviously only speak for our program, but part of our expectations is that up to certain ages, 
not only are you allowed to play on your town teams, we encourage it. And we want you to be out there with your with your dad as the coach and with your neighbor's dad as the coach and those types of scenarios where you're just out there and enjoying the game and having fun. And yeah, you're still competing and, and you're still working hard to do well in those games and those atmospheres. But we set that expectation so that people don't feel guilty doing it. And yes, there is a, a priority rank of if we have a game or we're in a tournament. And yes, that does take priority. But those are things that are laid out there well before someone decides to come to tryouts and then say yes. I think that's something that really gets lost. Like I know I read a, a lot of this past issue with, with the New England Baseball Journal and some stuff on Twitter and things like that. And I think what people tend to forget is that the families and players choose to do this. You don't <laughs> have to do this, right? And I think sometimes that comes up in a lot of conversations that I'll have with parents is remind them that, hey, listen, this this was your choice. We offered your son a spot on a team. We offered your family a spot in the program. And you said yes. And we had all of these expectations laid out to you. And you chose yes. And so at the end of the day, it is their choice and they don't have to do it. Obviously, it's becoming a lot more popular and you feel like, well, what else am I going to do if I'm not doing it? All my all my my kids friends do it. But at the end of the day, it is a choice and they, they don't have to do it if they don't want to. And I feel like just to piggyback off Dan, right, at least what I get, what I've seen in other programs is that a lot of times like town teams are coming over to a certain program together. So yeah. you're not necessarily losing your friends or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. like all the kids from Chelmsford are coming over together. All the kids from Foxborough are coming over together. They're all coming over together. Maybe it's not at 10 years old, but maybe at 14, 15, they're all, when they're done with little league or done with town ball, they're all coming over and shifting together. Is that something that you see pretty similarly? I, I will say it's something we definitely saw early on when we first started our program. Mm-hmm. Like we, we definitely had some teams that you'd look at the roster and, and it'd be seven out of 12 kids from Mansfield or eight out of 12 kids from Easton or something like that. But as we've gone on and, and we've had more tiered teams, maybe you can look at an age division and say, okay, wow, this age division, it has three teams, but there's some kids from this town within that. But, I mean, that that's anything. I mean, it's parents can sit there and say, okay, well, let me think of the last five activities I've signed my kid up for. How did I find out about that? It was probably from one of the friends of the kids and all the friends go do it together. And I think when it comes to that type of thing, it's, it's how every activity is done. It's not just travel baseball. It's, it's what kids do to find opportunities to go have fun and and do activities. So we don't see it as much as we did in the very beginning, but, but certainly in the beginning for sure. One of the things that we wrote about in our travel ball section is how many travel programs now are providing recruiting advice or advisors mm-hmm. to, to players and really getting involved in that process, which I don't know how that could be considered a negative to help mm-hmm. them extend their careers and get to play at the next level. Other than once in a while, you hear high school coaches say, hey, we want to run point on that. We don't want mm-hmm. to turn that over. But how has the recruiting aspect changed? You hear about NCAA transfer portal. Guys are, coaches are taking older guys. They want them to prep for a year. How have you seen the recruiting landscape change in the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I I think the number one thing is, I mean, these guys are out recruiting in the summer. So that's when they're playing with us is in the summer. So for the college coaches, it's a lot easier to speak with a coach or someone who is with that player at the current time and get updates on schedules, how they're doing, any injury updates, those types of things. So I think the timing of all of it plays a huge role in who is dealing and and running point on on recruiting. Having been a former high school coach myself, we had a, a window of two, three years where we had a lot of players go on and play college baseball and I can speak as the, the high school coach and as the, the guy involved in, in an organization, is I got very few calls as the high school coach. 
and I did my best to push information out there on players I felt were worthy of those schools and programs. But when push came to shove, those college coaches weren't calling me as the Mansfield high school coach. They'd call me or one of our other guys as the guy associated with GBG Northeast. And so I saw it on both ends and, and I know who they're calling and it wasn't me, the high school coach. And, and I'm the same guy. So a lot of that I think is dictated by the college coaches, not us. One thing I think is really interesting about your guys' program is yourself. You mentioned, I think Chris Sullivan also coached high school baseball yep. at some point or at one point pretty recently. I've I've certainly been around other programs and no disrespect, but I feel like th- those programs maybe have great coaches, great travel coaches, but they've never coached high school baseball. Yeah. And so they either think coaching high school baseball is really easy or it's the exact same as coaching travel baseball. And there's kind of no perspective there. Can you speak to the differences? Of course, beyond that one, of course, is rooted in educational athletics, but just mm-hmm. the way that you approach working with players differently in, tra- in the travel ball world as opposed to the way you did when you coached high school baseball? Yeah, I mean, it was, I started coaching at Mansfield High in 2015. So we had our teams for about five years at that point. We had a lot of guys involved that some were coaching high school, some weren't. I know for me personally, my perspective changed immediately. Having After coaching my first high school season, my perspective on how certain things should be done in our program and how some of our teams should be run and some of the intricacies of who should be coaching what teams and why totally changed after coaching at least my first high school season. I mean, I think the the type of play and the style of play is very different, right? So when you're coaching a high school team, your goal is to win. You want to win your league. You want to, you want to win that game. You want to win against your rival. Not being from Mansfield, there was a little bit of a disconnect on certain rivalries, right? But like I knew when my players wanted to beat a certain team and maybe it rooted in another sport football they had a rivalry and now those football guys really wanted to beat them on the baseball field those types of things so I think that's a part that is certainly missing between high school and travel is me as a coach like yeah there's certain programs I know when they're on the schedule like I want to beat them but maybe our players don't want to beat them as much as we might as coaches, just like maybe Mansfield wants to beat Foxborough or Mansfield wants to beat Franklin or something like that. So my perspective certainly changed a lot when once I started coaching high school baseball. Yeah, We mentioned Jack Cropper or, uh, earlier, and he's kind of a special guy. You don't get seniors like him every year. I saw him a few times this summer, and it, it always surprised me. He, you'd see like Maverick Rizzi and Hagen Ward and these guys who are like 6'8", get on the mound before him, and they're 91, 92. And then Jack would get up there. He's not overly big, not a huge prospect, and not like overly physical on the mound either. And then all of a sudden it's 94, 95, 95. What do you think makes him so great as a pitcher? Yeah, I mean, Jack competes. I mean, he's he's. I ran camps in the town of Norwood for almost a decade, and Norwood is a a blue collar town, and he's a blue collar kid, and he gets on the mound, and it doesn't matter who's across from him, he wants to win, and he wants to beat you, and he's willing to do what it takes to do that. And I think again, with some of these kids from certain towns and playing in public school, they they develop the character traits that make them a little bit tougher and make them a little bit more competitive when they're we talk about playing with your teammates and playing with your buddies that you grew up with like there is a different level of compete when it when it comes to that conversation and I think Jack has that and Jack is certainly not a kid that he was not in our program at 11 12 13 years old I mean he came to us months ago we had been with another program and playing with a bunch of kids that he'd been with for a few years but we had known Jack he played in our fall ball program another one of those kids that kind of did some training with us but was not on one of our teams and eventually when the time was right and worked for him he came over but he's a kid that just works hard and wants to be good and is willing to do what it takes to be good 
Where do you see travel baseball maybe going the next three to five years? It seems like it's that kind of a, a breaking point. I don't mean that necessarily negatively or positively, mm-hmm. but I certainly feel like we're kind of at a moment where it's overheated to the, to the max in the respect of the media coverage it's getting and the talk it's had. And this is not just media coverage in New England. This is across the country, I feel like. Jeff Passan wrote a book about three, four years ago called The Arm that went in-depth on, on travel baseball and in certain respects. So it's certainly getting a lot of attention nationally. Where do you see things going two, three, four years down the line when you guys are kind of developing your program plans and your outlooks of where you want to see GBG go? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great question because I think if you'd asked me this question five years ago, I, I don't think I would have said where we're at now. Um, I think the, the best part about it is we dictate it. Like we have a, a say in where it goes and it's not this head governing body that just tells us what to do and we have to abide by it. I mean, we we create it and we can say, okay, well, it's going to be a lot more focused on development. Well, how does that happen? It's less competition or it's, you mentioned before, like with the tournaments. Here's, I mean, people criticize tournaments all the time. Well, then don't register for them, (laughs) right? So tournament companies that make all this money or whatever, like if nobody signs up for the tournaments, they can't charge what they charge, right? It's supply and demand. I mean, it's just if nobody wants to come out and play. So where do I see it going? I don't, I, I honestly, I don't see it being a whole lot different than it is today. I think we're in a pretty good place today where there is a really good balance of league play and and games that mean something. You're playing against another program and they're from a bunch of different towns, but you know, the game counts towards your playoff seeding and those things. Like it, it's meaningful baseball. And then as a program, we try to create schedules that have our kids playing as much meaningful baseball as possible. And that doesn't mean like cutthroat wins and losses. It just means when you show up to the field we got to prepare and you got to play well to beat a good opponent. And if you don't, well, let's learn from it. If you do, let's learn from it. Right. And so I think we're in a pretty good spot right now between the league and local tournaments and teams that want to travel and go outside locally and go regionally or go get on a plane and go travel nationally and play in, in another tournament and experience different competition. I think that's a great thing. That's healthy. But Again, I think at the end of the day, we really dictate where, where it goes, and I think every program is going to be a little bit different when it comes to that. But I, I think we're in a pretty good spot right now, and I'm sure there's plenty that disagree with me. But, I mean, I'm in it. I'm in it every single day. I see the good, the bad, the ugly, and I, I genuinely feel like we're in a pretty good spot right now. When you say if you don't feel like you have to go to a million of these tournaments and compete every weekend, then don't do it. Is that driven, do you think, by parents for the most part saying like hey my kid doesn't have an offer yet the only way to get one is to like get out in front of scouts and coaches again yeah i mean on from my perspective i uh, yes and no i don't feel like it is driven by parents because of recruiting i think it's more probably on the competition level of hey you know that team that you guys compete with all the time that we tried out for them too or something like that they're in these tournaments and, and we're in these tournaments how come we're in these ones they seem like they're a little less competitive yeah they're local and we don't we only have to drive 30 minutes to get to that game instead of 90 minutes or stay in a hotel for the weekend but i think it's more about the competition level than it is about the recruiting I think because of the complex, the New England baseball complex being developed in the last few years and what they're doing at the complex, it's eliminated a lot of the reason for us to have to leave the area to go compete and to have college coaches there. I know many of the college coaches, especially locally, 
they love going there. I mean, most of them live somewhat locally and can get to Northborough, Massachusetts for a weekend much easier than they get to Flemington, New Jersey or something like that. So I think it's a lot more about the competition when it comes to tournaments than it is about the recruiting side of things. Flemington is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious because this, this past summer, I know you guys participated in a couple of college team camps, Northeastern, yeah. UMass, Amherst. Mm-hmm. I'm sure maybe that might be something that you guys continue to do going forward. I know other programs are, are going to continue to do that. Is that a potential avenue where you could see things changing in terms of the fact that maybe college coaches who you and I probably have both heard from also don't like the tournaments necessarily yeah. and maybe may, uh, are more open and welcoming to paying eight schools to come work their camp and then they just run a college team camp. Is that something, is that an avenue where you could see developments at least at the 15U plus age level? Yeah, I do. I, I think it, I think they're great options. I mean, I don't think it's going to be eight straight weeks of it throughout the course of the summer. I think like anything, playing in all tournaments gets really old. Playing in just league play gets really old doing just that gets old. I think it's it's developing a schedule that has a combination of a little bit of everything. It's a weekend that you're just competing against another team. It's a weekend of a tournament, and then it's a, a weekend of something like that on a college campus. So yeah, I think it could be a little bit more prevalent, but at the end of the day, I think it's a good balance with everything. Well, thank you so much for coming in. You offered a great perspective on travel baseball and kind of sorted out some of the confusion about the reaction that we were getting to our, our travel piece. I think travel ball in general, for whatever reason, people get very opinionated about it, and it was good to get your opinion on it. Thanks to GBG Hawks Director of Operations, Joe Breen, for joining us on the Base Path Podcast. Rate, review, subscribe to the Base Path Podcast on your preferred platform. Thanks to our producer, David Yaz. The Base Path Podcast is a Siemens Media production.